It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, John Paul, uh, already taking calls this morning at 0818-103-103. Anything you want to share with us, anything we think we can help you with, give us a call. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. And of course, today is a budget day. Uh, as I mentioned yesterday, probably the most anticipated budget of our times. So many people holding out for today and holding out, hoping that whatever is announced today is going to make a difference to people's lives because everyone across all sectors of society I think have been affected and across all different industries have been affected in some way by this cost of living crisis. And yesterday, looking through the papers, it was all about families and what families could expect. And there was, you know, talks in some of the papers that it was very much going to be a budget for families, particularly families of younger children. And today, a lot of the focus has gone from the younger families to the other end of the scale with lots of talk about what pensioners are in line for uh, in the budget. For example, many of the papers picking up on the fact that some pensioners, now not all, but some pensioners will be in line for one-off payments of up to €1,100 between now and the end of this year. And there seem to have been a series of last-minute social welfare spending measures that were finally agreed by the government late last night. For example, what they're talking about, there'll be a double payment of the, this is for people who are on the top right. Now, every, all pensioners will get it. The, the 1,100 has been added up by people, say, on the top rate of the state pension, which is 253 uh, euro a week. They'll get a double payment twice in the coming months. There's talking about one soon after the budget, even though I've seen some papers saying it's going to be a Halloween bonus payment. So that's about a month wait for that one. And then, of course, the Christmas, the December, the Christmas bonus payment uh, will be the second one that they'll get probably around the start of uh, December. And then pensioners who are in receipt of living alone allowance, there's going to be a separate one-off payment there of €200. Pensioners who are claiming the fuel allowance, and indeed everybody claiming the fuel allowance, also in line for a one-off €400 lump sum and that's on top of the usual rate of the fuel allowance. And the Social Protection Minister, Heather Humphreys, 
She has also struck a deal when it comes to the fuel allowance scheme and the plan is now that it's going to be extended to more people and they reckon an extra 80,000 people who currently don't qualify for the fuel allowance will qualify after whatever gets announced in today's budget. So when you add that 80,000 in, that means there'll be around 450,000 people in this country who will be able to uh, claim fuel allowance over the coming months. Now for all social welfare recipients which includes obviously old age pensioners the increase is going to be €12 per week. There's been there had been calls for the increase to be uh, €20. Others were saying €10. I heard then there was an argument between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, one wanting €15 extra a week for social welfare, one wanting €10. So it looks like they've met just about in the middle a €12 per week uh, increase in all social welfare uh, rates, um, along with a special once-off 500 euro payment which is going to be given to uh, carers and people with uh, disabilities uh, this year. Now what's going to be interesting is that when they announce the 12 euro per week increase to all social welfare uh, rates when is that going to kick in? Will people have to wait until the new year like they did last year or will it be given out in the coming weeks? We'll see if we can get, we may have to wait for the budget speech to find out exactly when that is going to happen. And then the health minister Stephen Donnelly, he's received funding for a major expansion of the GP visit card scheme more than 430,000 people will become eligible for the first time ever for the means tested scheme once the changes are made to the budget today that when that happens it will mean 2.5 million people that is around about half of the population of the country will either have access to a free GP visit card or they'll have access to the full medical uh, card. And that's all part of Stephen Donnelly, Minister for Health, his plan to introduce universal health care. The idea would one day be that everyone in this country would be entitled to free GP care. So they're, they're seeing, this, seeing it as a st- another step on the way to that. The measures for older and vulnerable people are key items in a budget that again, depending on what paper you're reading, some are saying it's almost 10 million. Other papers are saying it's actually closer to 11 million euro or will be announced today. And it's all part of the government as they try to balance the escalating cost of living uh, crisis that has, you know, it's hit every single household in this country. And I was looking at the front page of the examiner today and it's a photograph that kind of stopped me in my tracks when I saw it. It's a photograph of a 71-year-old pensioner. She's from Nina in County Tipperary. And she's in what appears to be her sitting room, but it's a darkened sitting room. She's got the lights switched off and she looks like she's kneeling down in front of an open fire. It looks like she's trying to put some paper or something, scrunched up paper, on to the, the fire. And there's a story going with it that talks about this woman, Teresa Moroni as I say, living in Nina in County Tipperary and she and I quote from her, she says, I've been struggling for a while back. I've never found it this uh, this hard and she's hoping that today's budget will provide some kind of reassurance to her in the face of her rising costs. Now she lives on estate pension, the top rate, €253.30. It's her only source of income but she says it barely covers the essential and her essential costs are rent, groceries, oil and electricity and her hopes are for the budget really are just so modest. 
She'd like to, at the end of the week when she's all of her bills paid, she'd like to have enough left to be able to go for a cup of coffee with her grandchild. She she can't even afford to do that anymore. Isn't that just so, so pathetic? Uh, she worries about the increasing cost of electricity. She said she doesn't use her dryer very much anymore. She said she's afraid to do that. She doesn't turn on the lights much lately. She's trying to spare every every way she can by using the electricity and she says that she is being unable to keep her house lit during the winter is a frightening thought she doesn't want to sit in very dark evenings in the darkness her arthritis is getting worse because her house is cold she's been struggling with the price of it's an oil oil central heated uh, house house in which she lives she's currently paying 400 euro every two months for the oil just to heat her home. She said she doesn't always have the money to be able to afford it but the supplier wherever she gets her oil from won't leave her without oil and he lets her pay back when you know she doesn't have it all she can pay it back over over the coming uh, weeks which is really kind and thoughtful of her particular oil supplier her weekly grocery shop comes in at 70 uh, euro and she pays 43 43 euro a week in rent she's obviously imagined some kind of a HAP scheme she's hoping that a rise in her weekly pension as well as any kind of help she can get with heating and electricity that's what she needs she says luxuries won't bother me now or anything like that she just simply wants to be able to keep going keep her head above water and if at the end of the week she has the price of a cup of, to be able to go for a cup of coffee with her, her grandchild you certainly wouldn't be deeming that a luxury but it's quite a pitiful uh, photograph but I think it sums up I think uh, Teresa at 71 year old living in Nina you, you could find Teresa at 71 or any other age over 70 living in any part of the country and certainly living here with us uh, in any part of Cork City and uh, County. So uh, please God that what gets announced this afternoon in the budget will help the likes of uh, Theresa. Pat in for Moy on today's budget said, can we call the budget Irish water? Why? Why, we says to our past, should we call it Irish water? He says there's so many leaks. <laughs> yeah. I think it, it's just some of the little details that we need to, to that we're going to have to wait until the announcement is made. made. But yes, I don't think there's going to be any real uh, surprises. Everything has been leaked out well in advance. And John said, did you hear all the monkeys are getting peanuts in the budget? 12 euro a week rise in social welfare the government has fools made out of people while they're laughing all the way to the bank so John is one of those not happy with the 12 euro rise but then uh, a texter is there no name on this says not a sausage for single men or women I'm working 40 hours a week just to pay rent and bills and food I'd be better off if I packed it in and went on the dole well there will be something there, honest to God, there will be something there. If nothing else, I mean, the centrepiece of the cost of living package is going to be the introduction of the 600 euro electricity credit uh, taken off energy bills and that will be done in three instalments over the coming weeks. I'm reckoning they're going to do two payments before Christmas and one payment after Christmas. So as a single man, uh, renting will certainly be uh, entitled to that. There's also uh, talks of helping people out when it comes to tax credits uh, for renters. That's something we haven't seen in quite a good number of years. I don't know what tax bracket you are in, but uh, Pascal Dunne is expected to reveal that the top rate of tax at 40%, that will only apply to income over 40,000 uh, when it changes to tax bans come into effect and that the changes in that would, would save single people around €800 Euro a year and for a married couple, uh, €1,600 Euro a, a year. 
and someone else by text says morning Patricia when there when there is a mention that there's going to be a 500 euro payment for people on carers or people with disabilities does that mean people on invalidity pension does that mean or does it mean people on disability allowance I don't know it was just one of the ones that got mentioned uh, last night when kind of the final tweaking was being done and there was kind of a last minute series of social welfare uh, spending it got mentioned that there was going to be this one-off payment uh, to carers and to uh, people on disability but th- th- that's where we've got to wait for the detail and the devil will be in the detail on that as to who exactly is entitled uh, to that and then Anne is saying Patricia welcome news about the increase in social welfare payments of 12 euro a week but when will it come into effect it won't be any good if they're not going to bring it in until January again that's something else that we actually need to get uh, more detail on 0818 your thoughts and calls welcome to John Paul's taking the calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom now part of McCarthy Insurance Group Promoter Home, Business, Farm Life and Health Insurance CMIG.ie It's budget day and as I mentioned earlier probably the most anticipated budget ever with a promise from the government that it will support businesses it will support families and it will support individuals to cast his opinion over budget 2023 I'm joined by Adam Higgins political correspondent with the Irish uh, Sun. Good morning to you, Adam. Good morning, Patricia. A very big day for the government. It is indeed. It is indeed. Is it very much going to be one for everyone in the audience? That seems to be the theme of today, yes. So there's, when it, we, we kind of have sight of pretty much everything that's going to be in the budget. You'll, you can read it extensively there on the Sun.e or in the Irish Sun. But there is a little bit of something for everybody. So we're looking at a 12 euro increase across the board on social welfare payments. And that's alongside a double payment before Halloween and a double payment before Christmas. That's a huge 2 billion euro package for social welfare. Then for workers, we have a really big jump in the higher interest rate that you start paying that high tax at. So that's going to move from about 36,500 up to close to 40,000. So that'll save workers, um, depending on how much you earn, somewhere between 400 and 600 euro a year. Then on housing, you've got those two 500 euro tax credits for renters. You've got 1,000 euro back on your college fees. And you've got that 600 euro energy credit that's going to be given to every household in the country. So it really is a bit of a budget bonanza and they're spreading the money as, as much as they can. Now, the, the 12 euro a week in uh, social welfare, it looks like they met somewhere in the middle. There was discussions that one of the main parties wanted 15 euro and somebody else wanted 10 euro and they met in the middle. Is, is, do you think that's what happened? Yes, I can tell you a little bit about how, how that all happened. So the social welfare package in particular was the big sticking point that kind of dragged on until last night. So we were told last week that those talks had started, that Minister Humphreys had had her bilateral meeting with um, Minister McGrath, and they were discussing what sort of social welfare package they could have. Those talks continued through the weekend and right up until last night, I think they finished in at around half seven yesterday. And, and so just before the, the things have to start getting printed for the budget, and Minister Humphreys and, and the Fine Gael side were pushing for a 15 euro increase, but they also wanted alongside that 15 euro increase to include things like this 500 euro for lump sum for carers, 500 euro for people with disabilities and those kind of targeted supports alongside things like the fuel allowance. Whereas the Fianna Fáil side of the house very much were in favour of really beefing up these one-off measures. So these kind of cost of living one-off measures 
the double allowance uh, for Halloween, the double allowance for Christmas. So I think they kind of met somewhere in the middle with that 12 euro mark then. And those one-off payments are important because they won't carry forward next year because, of course, obviously the government don't know how much they're going to have next year to give. Yes, yes. Well, well, in, in fact, the government do have sight of financial predictions on how much they're going to have next year. We got the white paper from the Department of Finance uh, last week, which showed that they had a record-breaking tax intake this year, and they expect an even bigger one again next year. Now, those are all financial forecasts, and of course, anything can happen that can change that. So they do expect that, but you're right to point out that really a huge amount of these measures are one-off. So the likes of those double payments for the social welfare, the lump sums are all one-off. That €1,000 back for students is one-off. But baked into all this is really permanent changes as well. So, for example, that €500 tax credit for renters, that's going to be something that comes every year. That's what they're planning to do. And anyway, the student uh, fees then, the time what you pay to go to college, they will change slightly next year and they'll be more means-based. So if you're a family that earns less than 70000 you pay a max of 1500 to send someone to college and that sort of thing. So they're going to be baked in. And the €12 Euro weekly increase, that's going to be something that we'll see, you know, that will continue into next year. That won't be just a, a one-off measure until February or whatever, like most of the other measures. That's something that can continue to see right through next year. Okay, the €12 Euro extra for social welfare. Many of our listeners are saying, well, some are saying it's it's a good increase, others not happy with it. But, it, but even those that are saying it's a welcomed uh, increase, many are wondering when will it take effect? Yes, so a lot of these measures are going to take effect immediately. I think we'll have to wait and see until this afternoon when um, Minister Donoghue makes his speech about whether that's going to be one of the measures that kicks in straight away. We know there's going to be double payments before Christmas, the, the October one and the Christmas one. But do they have to wait for that increase until January? I know the government wanted to do the majority of these things straight away. So I think that's going to be one of those measures that they will see the impact in the coming weeks. How long it takes them to, to kind of work through that system, I don't know. That's something that the Department of Social Protection will know they'll be working on. And the €600, Euro, the electricity credit, like we received one back in March, uh, April. Uh, so there will be three further instalments of three by 200. Can you foresee two of those before Christmas and one in the new year? Well, it actually depends. From what I'm told, it depends on how you pay your electricity bill. So I, from, from what I can work out, some people will pay theirs bi-monthly. Some people have other me- uh, methods of how they're paid. So this can, can work out, as you said, three 200 euro uh, payments. But for others, it might work out as two 300 euro payments. But either way, it's 600 for every household in the country. There will be some paid before uh, Christmas and the others after. Now, what way that breaks out for the people who are getting that 200 euro, I'd imagine it might be a 200 euro in November another one in January, another one in March, but we'll have to see the details of that later on today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the old reliables, uh, I take it the cigarettes will go up, will they, from midnight tonight? Yep, smokers are hit again in the pocket. That's 50 cent on top of the pack of cigarettes, but the, there's no change in the price of a pint, so the no no change in the <laughs> alcohol tax. Okay. You're going you're gonna to have, have your pint, and, and I assume petrol and diesel will be left alone as well. Yeah, so that's actually quite a costly measure. It's 700, euro, uh, 700 million euro that the, they're setting aside to keep those. They reduce the, the excess, the price that they pay, uh, take off tax. Um, they reduce that on petrol and diesel over the past year. And they're going to keep that in place until at least February next year. They're going to keep an eye on the energy market and see how that goes. There is a contingency fund set aside to, in case 
some of these energy measures are needed again into next year. For example, the, that um, public transport measure that we saw brought in as a temporary cost of living measure to increase the amount of people that go on public transport, the reduction of fares by 20%, that's going to be kept in place all the way through next year. And in fact, I, as long as the Green Party are in government, I'd imagine that's going to be something that stays in place. And the tax credits that you mentioned for, for renters, I mean, that certainly is going to be uh, most welcome. But in, in a couple of minutes, we're, we're going to be speaking with a, a Threshold the Housing Charity about the number of tenants across Cork City and County who are getting notice to quit every single day because we know more and more private landlords are moving out of the market. Will there be anything to try and encourage private landlords to stay? This was a tricky one that was, I can kind, kind of, went either way over the weekend from what I can hear when speaking to sources in government. So originally there was a plan to include a tax uh, break for landlords to encourage them to stay in the market. Then there was concerns that that might not be an effective measure. So I'm not sure where they've landed on that, but I do know that there will be a vacant, an improved vacant property tax as part of today's measure. So that will be people who are sitting on empty buildings will get taxed a hell of a lot more next year to encourage them to either rent out or sell that property. So that's one measure that's going to be brought in to try and increase the number of housing units that there will be next year. And then, of course, we have the €4 billion that is set aside every year uh, under the Housing for All strategy to uh, build new homes, new affordable cost rental and social homes. So that's set aside as well. And then, obviously, the €500 rent. I I know a lot of people now will be saying, well, that's a welcome, welcome payment for renters, but really a lot of, as you say, struggling to find somewhere to live. So I think that's going to be one of the big questions that the government have to face is what, whether they were right to you know, start putting money back in people's pockets when they could have maybe kept another billion or two billion aside and put it into the housing budget and tried to build more. But then I suppose they would say, where are the builders to build all these things? It's a really tricky question, that housing problem. And I don't think we've ever had a budget that has put so much focus on families, particularly families with uh, young children. And it looks like there's going to be good news for people who are paying high childcare fees. In in some cases, people I know, their childcare fees are as high, if not higher, than their, than their mortgage. But anyone who's got a child in primary school, for the first time ever, free school books. That's right. Yeah, this is uh, from the Education Minister, Norma Foley. And I'm told she actually tried to bring this in in the last uh, budget as well. But the COVID-19 um, spend had to eat away any kind of bonus measures that the government wants to bring in. So she's finally got this one over the line. So it will be free school books for all children at primary level. That will kick in next September. So that's going to save parents a bit of money on that uh, back to school cost that we, that we see every year. And then, of course, there's the childcare fees reduced by 25%. It's a bit tricky to work out how much that is worth to each family because, of course, those childcare subsidies are means tested. So it'll depend on going family to family. I was given a number yesterday that it would be an average of 1,200 euro per child for, for the average earning family. But I think really this depends on how much the parents earn and also where they are in the country because mm. we know creche fees can change from county to county. Yeah, yeah. And we know, for example, where you are in Dublin, they're, they're astronomically high uh, compared to other parts of uh, the country. So, Adam, no, will there be any real surprises this afternoon? Um, I, I personally don't think so. I think we've got side of all the good measures that are in, in the budget. I think any surprises that are left to be found will probably be the negative ones that the government probably don't want us talking about. We're talking about maybe changes to bring in more money in tax or things that have been left out or new measures that could cause problems. For example, uh, Health Minister Stephen Donnelly has secured uh, 
the biggest increase in the GP care scheme. So that's free GP cards so people can go to the doctor for free. There's a 420,000 more people going to be added to that scheme. But I'm sure there's doctors across the country pulling their hair out saying, I can't deal with the level mm. of patients I have now at the moment. How am I supposed to deal with all these new patients? Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. So the opposition, they'll still find things to poke huge amount of holes in, won't they? Of course, yeah. I think across the opposition, you'll probably hear things about how they should have you know, put more money here or the 12 euro social welfare is not enough and all these different things. But uh, ultimately, I think it's probably going to be hard for them to, to say that they didn't spend because when you look at the money that the state brought in this year in tax, really everything is going back out bar a 1 billion euro uh, increase to the rainy day fund. You remember that rainy day fund from pre-COVID times, Minister Dunne, who was very keen to put money away for in case anything bad happened. We raided it then during the COVID crisis. It paid for some of the measures or helped to pay for some of the measures. And he really wants to get that back up and running. So from today, it looks like there's going to be another one billion going into that rainy day fund. And that is on the back of a warning from tax experts that we're relying too much on corporation tax take. We've got a record corporation tax take this year. Looks like we'll have another record breaking one next year. But they keep warning that that could change very quickly if one of those big 10 companies decides to leave Ireland or their business uh, hits a, a bump. So I think that's what he's uh, earmarking that one billion for in case further down the line we need some money to offset any changes to the corporation tax. Okay, and just on the fact that we seem to have so much information from the budget, Pat Infomoy, one of our listeners, suggested earlier that we should be renaming the budget Irish Water because there are so many leaks. Somebody says, could you ask, should you ask Adam, why do they leak so much of the budget in advance? Well, I think just playing the devil, devil's advocate here, there's some people say, for, for example, within the the coalition government itself, within the Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael parties, who would be a bit disappointed to see everything leaked because they think that, you know, it should be read out in the doll, there should be a vote in the doll, and that's how democracy should work. Well, then, on the other side, the government have been getting it in the ear for months from the opposition about not doing anything about the cost of living crisis. What are you going to do? How come there's no plan? And the minute they have this plan, and this plan started to be agreed over the past week, they want to get it out there. They want to get that information out there so people can know and plan for the winter. So I think it, they're going to get in trouble either way if they if they leaks come out then they'll, they'll get it in the air for leaking it out if they don't leak it then they'll be uh, attacked for people not telling them how to plan for the winter and things like that now look as a reporter i love leaks you know i mean i want to be i want to get all the leaks i can so i can tell the the readers first what's coming and how they can plan for the christmas yeah they they're damned if they do and, and damned if, if they don't and actually i was, I was reading in i was a piece by uh, your good self this morning in the paper i know your own uh, newspaper has been behind it and we've certainly covered it here in this programme the the VAT on defibrillators Yes, that's one of the, the pleasant surprises I heard from uh, sources yesterday is that there was a 23% fat on defibrillators Crazy. and they are going to reduce that down to 0% next year so that will really bring probably those machines life-saving machines that, are, that can save someone's life if they have a cardiac arrest they usually cost around 1,000 to 1,200 euros. So that'll take about 200 euros, if not more, off the price of those machines. And it's hoped that that will help, you know, incentivize schools and, and sports clubs and that to, to buy the machines and have them around. And we have been, as you said, working on a campaign for years, show some heart. 
on the back of a really uh, heroic story of a school principal who a young boy in his school went into cardiac arrest. He ran, like he hadn't got one of these machines in the school, so he ran to the nearest GAA club who he knew had one, brought it back and managed to save that boy's life. And on the back of that, we have been urging the government to make these machines more widely available by putting one in every school in the country, by reducing the VAT on them and so that people can buy them and put them in their communities. And it's it's really heartening to see that uh, there's move on that this time around and, and they will be cheaper and easier to buy for yeah, people. Yeah, because there's a lot of fundraising goes on to buy those defibrillators and it just used to add insult to injury that VAT had to be paid uh, on, the, on top of them as well. OK, so the timeline for today's budget, it's one o'clock, isn't it? It's, it's, is it earlier than normal? That's right, that's... One o'clock, that's when the ministers will start making their speeches. We'll have Minister Donoghue, then Minister McGrath, and then, of course, the, the long line of um, ministers and, and the opposition party leaders and everything else to, that will be speaking in the doll on their feet throughout the day. But we will uh, have full sight of everything detailed by, I'd say, before 3 p.m. You will know exactly what's in the budget and exactly what's coming and how to plan for your Christmas. OK, is this like the toy show for political correspondence, the budget? It's like the World Cup final for political <laughs> correspondence, <laughs> I think. OK, OK. Away and enjoy it. And, uh, and I know uh, we'll be talking to you again uh, tomorrow, uh, Adam. Thank you for that and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning to you. That is Adam Higgins, political correspondent uh, with The Sun. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The housing charity Threshold say that they are, in, they are now dealing with an average of four no of termination a day across Cork City and County as landlords continue to exit the housing market. To discuss the crisis facing people in private rented accommodation, I'm joined by Adele Conlon, who is Threshold's Southern Regional Manager. Good morning to you, Adele. Good morning, Patricia. And, and, and you're welcome. Because of the lack of rental properties, do many people simply face homelessness when they receive that notice of termination? Yeah, unfortunately, that's the reality now in the private rented sector, Patricia. When someone receives notice um, of termination, there are very little options available, um, very little properties. Uh, if we looked at the last staff report on the 1st of August, there was just 167 properties available in Munster. Um, and when I looked this morning, there was just 74 in Cork available. So really low levels of um, accommodation to rent, but really low levels of affordable accommodation to rent. And that's the issue now when people receive a notice of termination. And you've been looking at some of these notices of uh, termination. Uh, are some of them actually invalid? They are. Approximately 50% of notices of termination that we view in, in the, the Cork office are invalid, which means that people don't actually have to vacate in, in accordance with that notice of termination. And it can be invalid for a number of reasons, but a lot of it is, is just down to the documentation itself or lack of documentation attached to the notice, like a statutory declaration if the property is for sale. And the majority of notices of termination that we're uh, coming across, uh, the reason they're being issued is because the landlord is selling the property. So really important that people um, get onto threshold to check their notice of termination when they receive it because they may not have to vacate and they might get longer in the property. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really important that people do get the information and get those notices checked. 
Okay, we've just been talking about the fact that today is budget day and and what we're we're expecting from the budget today. What do you feel that the government needs to do, particularly to encourage landlords to stay in the market? Yeah, it's it's a really big issue now. Um, So, I mean, landlords are are leaving the market, I suppose, because of the amount of tax they have to pay on on the rent they receive for the property. Um, So they're going to have to address that. They're going to have to look at uh, reducing the amount of tax that landlords are paying on that uh, rental income. Um, They're also going to, I mean, look at other options. um, Our policy officer has put forward um, that landlords wouldn't, um, that the the amount of uh, capital gains tax that they would pay would be reduced if they sell their property to a local authority, for example. Um, so that's that's in our pre-budget submission. Um, so it's it's really important that this is addressed immediately because um, the rent the residential tenancy board actually um, they had a report at the start of the year which uh, showed a massive increase in the reduction in um, properties that now are registered to rent. Um, and the amount, the, the fall in in, the, in that in the, in the last number of years. So landlords are going to be well. They are getting a good price for the for their property if, if they choose to sell it. Um, but you know we have to acknowledge that, and we have to find ways of of keeping them in the the private rental market. Yeah, and incentivize them in some way. And Adela, it, it, at, at your office, are you hearing very distressing calls from people and? And I'm thinking of, of families with, with children in particular not able to find a property to rent. We are, Patricia. It's actually really difficult for our advisors at the moment to be, you know, to have to tell someone that the notice they've received is valid and, and they will have to vacate in accordance with the legislation on, on a particular date. Um, so it's very difficult. People are really, you know, stressed. Um, I met a family recently in the office myself and... Um, they actually had to vacate last week um, and they presented homeless um, and they're in the North Cork area. They couldn't find any any property to, to rent um, and unfortunately that family did did have to vacate because that notice was valid. Um, I mean, if, if you're looking at, Patricia, if, you're, if you were looking now to rent a three-bed property, you're looking at having to pay about €1,800 Euro, and, you know, in Do- that was in Douglas. Um, I looked this morning. A one bed in, in Fermoy is one thousand two hundred and eighty, just for a one bed. You know, White Church was sixteen hundred euro for a three bed. A two bed in Maryburn over two thousand euro. A two bed in Tower Street in Cork over fifteen hundred. These are not affordable rents, and we the government have to look at this as well. They have to look at the HAP rates uh, going forward. So if someone's in need of the housing assistance payment scheme, the rates are, are you know, substantially lower than, than those rents. Um, and we also have to look at, you know, bringing in something like a tax credit um, for, for renters as well. So well, they are, we they will are, see yeah, something positive. They're yeah. talking about that, but you wonder, is, are, is it going to be enough? No, it's not. They're yeah. talking, I think, 500 euros yeah. is, is what they're saying. It's not enough. I mean... You know that's that's really low if you're facing rents like that. If you're facing a rent of of sixteen hundred for a three bedroom, the tax credit will be very useful for someone who is in a property with an affordable rent. You know that that you know five hundred euro if you're renting a property for maybe nine hundred euros a month. That 
you know, I'm Hugely sure people will be happy them, with yeah, that. Yeah. But the, 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 the issue is because of the number of people being issued with notice and having to vacate and look on that for, for a new property, it's these new rents which are causing huge issues because we have legislation, we have the, the, or the rent pressure zones as well and, you know, uh, rents cannot be increased now above 2% at the moment. But it, it's it's just a supply issue. And until our, uh, the supply of housing increases substantially, we're going to have to look at ways, ways to to reduce the burden on, on, on renters. And by the way, that family from North Cork that you were dealing with, where have they ended up? They've ended up in a, in a bed and breakfast. Yeah, in, in North Cork. Um, three kids. Um, God, and that's tough. as yeah, it is. And the child actually is going to school in Glanmire because they actually want to live near Glanmire, but just can't find anything. And have been trying for the last number of years to find um, a rental property in the Glanmire area to get back up nearer to the school for the child, but just can't um, can't find it. And you know, um, yeah, trying to raise a family from a bed and breakfast or a hotel is is just. Listen, it, I, 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 I shouldn't happen. Yeah, I was, I was away on holidays last week, staying in a hotel for a week, and it was lovely and, and whatever. But you have so little space, even in a decent sized hotel room. And it struck me one of the days, thinking, how would I live here permanently? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking of children coming in from school, trying to do mm-hmm. homework, getting kids up in the morning. It's just, and it's the reality, unfortunately, for it so is. many families. Yeah, and Patricia, we always, you know, we always, it's lovely to go on holidays, but that feeling of going back home, yeah. it's it's just that, isn't it a lovely yeah, feeling? Yeah, yeah, but back into your own bed. have that, yeah. you know, and it, it is, it's, it's heartbreaking to come across it's these depressing. cases at the moment. It really is um, depressing. Yeah, and, and then there's, there's a lot of hidden homelessness. I know I was reading a report from uh, the Simon community. You know, you've got the people who are couch surfing. You've got adult mm-hmm. children who are back living with their, their parents. So it's hard to get an accurate figure, really, on how many people are actually homeless. Yeah, the homeless figures that are being released are not accurate at all. They're, they're, they're way off. You know, that family that I was speaking about there, they, you know, one of the options they, they had was to go into... Um, one of their parents' houses and and go into one bedroom, share one bedroom. And if they had done that, that family wouldn't have been counted as, as being homeless. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's happening all over. Now, I mean, that you know, people are very lucky to have those options in some cases um, because emergency accommodation now is running low as well. This is the another issue, is that local authorities are finding it very difficult now to even provide emergency accommodation. And that as well is, is, is going to be an issue um, in the next few months. Um, but yeah, the, the, that, the homeless figures are, are not a, an accurate reflection of homelessness in Ireland. OK, let's wait and see what joy comes from this afternoon's budget uh, for those in private rented accommodation and indeed those unfortunate families who find themselves homeless. Adele, as always, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for that and thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning Thank to you. you. That is Adele Condon, who is Threshold's Southern Regional Manager. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Can we help some of our listeners, please? Firstly... Uh, someone says, hi, Patricia, Skybox uh, needed. I wonder 
Would any of your listeners be able to help me? I was painting my living room yesterday evening and I went to move the TV unit out from the wall and didn't know a bit until my skybox landed on the floor and now unfortunately it doesn't work anymore. Now I don't watch a lot of TV but the children do like to watch TV after they've their homework done. I'm in the Bandon area. If anybody has a relatively new skybox that they're no longer using I would be most grateful at thanking you. So does anybody have a relatively new skybox that they're no longer using. Maybe your Skybox got replaced. Maybe you gave up on Sky and have moved to some other mode of getting your TV and you would be willing to pass on your Skybox. Failing that, I'm wondering, could the listener contact Sky to let them know what's happened? Would they be able to replace it? Has that happened to anybody else where you damaged your Skybox and did Sky... Now, she's admitting herself it was her own fault uh, moving the moving it out and I could just imagine it was still plugged in and of course you pull out the unit smash down goes the skybox and it's no longer working I'm wondering would Sky be able to just uh, replace it for you anyway in the meantime let's put the shout out for anyone in the Bandon area who has a skybox that they're no longer using that you'd be willing to pass on to this family with uh, children in particular who like to watch a bit of TV as all kids do once the homework is out of the way and then Marion was on to us from the Bishopstown area saying could anybody recommend art classes for a friend of mine who unfortunately recently lost her partner and she's finding it very tough at the moment and she'd really love to join an art class. Marion says they've been asking around but they can't find any in the area. Her friend lives in the Corraheen area of Bishopstown so that general area. Does anybody know of art classes that would be open for new members if so give John Paul a call because we've got all of Marion's details it would be nice if we could sort out an art class uh, for this lady and it's lovely to see that she is trying to be proactive getting over the loss of a partner it can be difficult uh, for a lot of people and they always say you know to try whenever you're trying to get over any kind of a loss to get involved and try to get out there and to pick up an interest and you know form new friends uh, etc so well done to your friend for being proactive in trying to find something that she thinks she really would enjoy so art classes in the Curraheen area of Bishopstown General Bishopstown area if anybody knows of any going on give John Paul a call please 0818 103 103 let me go back to huge amount of commentary uh, coming in what would you guess it's about the budget and what's expected to be in the budget Joe in Kilmallock says the price of a bag of coal has now gone to just over 40 euro isn't that incredible they were it was about 20 euro wasn't it maybe a year ago it's over 40 euro now so what good is 12 euro extra a week to anybody say living on a pension or a social welfare uh, payment with coal going up that much it won't even cover the increase in just one bag of coal. Ita says we keep hearing about those who are struggling but what about the other end of the scale? Now Ita has been very honest and she says she would describe herself as financially comfortable. So my children all went to college. They all now luckily own their own homes. Ita said we worked hard. We purchased our own house uh, which we we, we pur- purchased another house, my apologies which we now rent out. But when, our, when we die, our children will inherit our properties and they will have to pay extra taxes. Our children never received any grants while going to college. They've never relied on Cork County Council to get any kind of uh, housing and yet we don't get get thanked by saving the public purse over the years. 
we're not millionaires. We're comfortable uh, keeping stuff for our children and we've worked hard for it and they'll have to pay inheritance tax. The only thing I can say to you, Isha, I'm assuming what you're picking up on was the talks that the amount that you can receive by way of an inheritance, particularly from, from parents down to children, was to change. That's been completely denied. That it, It's not going to happen. It was a suggestion that was put to the government as a possible way of bringing more money into the exchequer but the coalition government looked at it and said no way they are not in any way dealing with inheritance attacks so unless your properties are worth millions I think your children will be okay and let's hope that there's many many years away Isha that they won't even ever have to be thinking about inheritance tax for many many years to come but certainly the changes that were advised by the Tax Commission to the government they're not uh, implementing. Stephen says all the measures that, they're, that they will announce today in the budget should be brought in from the 1st of October which is this Saturday. People shouldn't have to wait for an increase in social welfare until next year especially for people on the minimum wage. People need these benefits now. People are struggling now with the cost of uh, living and we don't know yet when the, particularly when the date of the €12 Euro a week extra in social welfare we just don't know when that's going to be introduced. I mean, I read in one paper this morning, I only saw it in one, that some one political commentator was saying it wouldn't be coming in until uh, January and I'm hoping that that particular commentator is wrong but let's wait and see what gets announced uh, today. Dermot says this is on housing. I am looking to house share in Cork City. I have looked in areas that would suit me because I need to commute uh, to work. Um, and simply not able to find anything to rent. It is getting tougher and tougher to find accommodation and that's even just on a house share situation. And then Margaret in Mitchellstown was on to us when we were talking about how difficult housing, the housing situation is at the moment, particularly for people trying to rent. Margaret's son is living and working in Dublin and the apartment he's currently renting, now it's it's a an apartment share there's two others uh, with him that unfortunately is going to for sale so they've got their notice to quit so therefore since he got the notice to quit he's been looking around for new accommodation and again he's on looking for a house share situation he's found one room and he said looks fine and all of that 886 euro a month to rent one room in an apartment in uh, Dublin but the sting in the tail when he went to inquire about renting this room. The room is only available for rent from Monday to Thursday. And she said, what good is that to anyone? And on top of that, they have the cheek to ask for €886. So they're expecting Margaret's son, when he finishes work on Friday, I suppose to go home to Mitchellstown and he's not to come back to Dublin until Monday morning, go to work and then he can come back into the property Monday evening. That's incredible. €886 and you're only allowed to have the room for four nights a week. I mean, what are they doing on the weekend? Are they setting it out to somebody else? That really is... Well, Dublin's crazy prices, absolutely crazy uh, prices. Thank you for your call. I hope your son gets uh, sorted out. Hi, Patricia and all at C103. Hope you're having a good day. We are indeed. Thank you. On the housing front... This texter says, since Ireland joined the EU, housing has become a problem. Our health system has also become a problem. Our roads rurally are a mess. Granted, we do have good motorways. Our banking system is in tatters. The list is endless. The cost of living has gone through the roof. But this country has gotten worse day after day since this caller feels we joined the EU. The government called it progress. 
where hospitals, banks, local businesses, pubs and shops in rural areas are vanishing before our very eyes. The government are the only ones that feel they can call this progress because they're seeing progress in their own pockets. Scrap the EU, says this uh, listener. And bring back our old punt. It was worth much more. The EU has Ireland killed and almost buried. I don't know how many people would agree with you on that. But if you look to our nearest neighbours who've decided to go down that route in the UK and they've left the EU with their Brexit, I don't know if a lot of people with what's happening in the EU will agree with you that it was the best move for them to uh, pull out of the uh, EU. I mean, sterling yesterday was at one stage it was almost on parity with the dollar. They really have some very, very difficult times ahead and they now no longer have uh, the EU to uh, back them up. And actually, I had an email in from one of our listeners in the UK, Antoinette, and this is to do with the capping of electricity charges and some people were saying that's what we need to do in this country rather than giving out the credits that the government are going to give the 600 euro by way of electricity credits broken up into three uh, payments over the next number of months the UK have decided instead to go down the route that they've put a cap on electricity charges and some people were saying that's the way we should go well Antoinette is living in the UK and she wants to point out and to clarify the capped rate of £2,500 for utilities per household per year, Antoinette says, is only based on average consumption of 12,000 kilowatts for electricity and 3,000 kilowatts for gas. It's the unit price that's been capped, not your consumption. So she says for people living in the UK and for people in Ireland who think this capping at £2,500 sterling is the way to go, she said it's not because if you use more, then guess what? You end up paying more. So that's not all that it is made out to be. Thank you for that, Annette, uh, emailing Patricia at c103.ie. Somebody says, Patricia, I'm on a half carers. Does that mean I'll get €250? We're waiting on the detail of this one-off payment what they are saying and what Adam Higgins, the political correspondent, told us, uh, it's looking like Heather Humphreys, uh, what she has fought for is a 500 euro payment for carers and people with disabilities this year. I would assume if it is across the board, 500 straight to carers. If you're on a half carers, I assume it will be half that. But the devil is going to be in the detail. We're going to have to wait and uh, see until later on. Hi, Patricia. Do you know that the people getting fuel allowance are the lucky ones? I live in a widow's pension and I've also got a small employment pension. But because I live alone, the amount I can earn when it comes to the means testing for fuel allowance is halved for me. So to get the fuel allowance, I have to be under €310 a week. If my husband was still with me, then the household would be able to be means tested for €620. It's like I only have half the house to heat. I've I've always thought that that is the most ludicrous thing when somebody becomes a widowed or is a widower, that suddenly all of those, the means tested and what you can earn all gets halved. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. doesn't make any sense to me. The only thing I will say, keep a very keen eye on the budget today because Heather Heather Humphreys, the Social Protection uh, Minister, is planning to extend the fuel allowance scheme to include more people and they reckon an extra 80,000 people who don't qualify at the moment will qualify after the announcement is made today. So maybe, just maybe, with a tweaking around 
of the means testing for fuel allowance, you might find yourself eligible. So hang in there and keep your fingers crossed. Uh, Someone else, why is there never anything done for families who have celiacs? We have two celiacs living in our family. Their food is so much more expensive. And if the celiacs are working, they're not even entitled to a medical card. That is, I've heard that argument. Uh, And if, if... anyone even people who opt for gluten free foods will see how much more expensive it is but somebody for somebody who's a celiac they've no other choice every single morsel that they put into their mouth they have to check uh, to make sure that it's okay for them and it is much more expensive and I do agree I do think something should be done uh, for celiacs the only thing on the GP there are to be changes to the GP visit card scheme and more people are going to become uh, eligible for the first time there'll be changes to the means tested scheme so maybe just maybe your family members who are celiacs who are working and are outside the means for the for a medical card might just find themselves being able to apply for a GP card so again wait and take a listen to the budget to what's going to get announced uh, today and Martin in from says hi Patricia it doesn't matter how much we get in the budget because I'll not be able to manage at all just to let you know says Martin I had to sell my car two weeks ago why I simply couldn't afford to keep it on the road because I've had to sell my car I've had to give up work as well because I needed the car to get to and from work isn't that incredible it's a disgrace says uh, Martin in for more that is a tough tough decision to have to make Hi Patricia on fuel allowance eligibility it is to be welcomed but I think if they're extending the fuel allowance they should be extending it to the elderly can you imagine how hard it would be for elderly folk living alone in fuel poverty and possibly confined to their homes 24-7 and that's from a Kerry listener who is correctly pointing out that everyone not a lot of people assume that all older people that everybody on an old age pension gets the fuel allowance they don't because the fuel allowance is means tested as that previous texter who's a widow has pointed out she's just outside the means for it so yeah with the tweaking maybe maybe it will be more aimed at the uh, elderly we're going to have to wait and see and hi Patricia I'm in West Cork living in Dunmanway I'm just wondering the old age pension uh, are they saying two double payments one in October and one in December yeah that's what they are talking about announcing not just for old age pensions they are talking about all social welfare recipients will receive a double bonus payment between now and Christmas the normal Christmas one which comes out usually around the beginning of December and they're talking around one I think it'll be nicknamed the Halloween bonus payment because it'll be around that week under the week of the bank holiday uh, weekend again we just are waiting for the date on it but yeah there will be two bonus payments paid this year 0818 103 103 C103 Jobs Part time sales assistant is wanted to work evening shifts in Caulfield's Supervalue in Bandon you need to hand in your CV to the customer service desk or you can email bandonsman at caulfields.com Little Haven Play School, they're recruiting for an AIM Early Years Assistant for Relief Work. Minimum Level 5 qualification is essential. Email applications, please, to the committee, lhps at gmail.com. A preschool leader is wanted to cover a maternity leave. That's in Skibbereen. Call or text Cora on 87 416 And a salesperson is required for PJ Murray Engineering, they're in Dunmanway, 023 88 You'll find all the details 
and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Promoter, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. And uh, thank you to a couple of people who have given suggestions for art classes. We'll pass all that information on to uh, Marion, who called on behalf of her friend. Uh, Dennis uh, says that Bishopstown Community School have an art class starting next week. Oh, that could be perfect uh, for Marion's uh, friend. And John says there's an art class in Mallow on Monday nights that that might suit as well. I don't know if she has transport or not. Thank you for that. And I've also spotted a text coming in from someone in Skibbereen who has a skybox they're no longer using. So thank you for that. We've taken your contact details and we'll pass it on to the other listener who is in the Bandon area. He wasn't looking for the skybox. So that's a very kind uh, gesture. Uh, thank you for that. 0818 103 103. Now, according to online banking app Revolut, uh, charity shops across the country have seen an increase in both spending and donations with an upturn in people seeking bargain buys amid the cost of living crisis. So we decided we'd check in on how one of our own local charity shops is getting on. And joining me is Rose Kelly of the Taurus Jock Charity Shop in Dunmanway. Good morning to you, Rose. Oh, good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and you're very welcome uh, to the programme. Are you seeing an increase in footfall in your charity shop? Oh, yes. The footfall has increased 100%. Definitely. Um, Absolutely. The needs are, oh, shocking. People are struggling. That's all I can say. People are struggling. We have a new, we have a new um, customer uh, that comes into our shop, maybe very shy for a while, get chatting to them. They're struggling. And I wish the government would listen to us, listen to them. And has the profile of the people using the charity shop changed? Oh, it has, of course, yeah. We have different countries after coming into our our country. Um, we have, as you know, we always had our Polish and our Latvians, and they're very welcome. Now we have Hungarians. Um, they don't have English. So we find it hard to, I suppose, speak with them. But they do have their translator in the phone. And and many of these will be here will be working. They're just on low low paid jobs. Oh yeah, some of them will be working, yeah. When they came into the country first we did support them just to get them started, but this is what we do. And um we see them, yeah, we see them around the town and yeah, but we you know, we have we see a lot of different families in town. Yeah, I mean, outside of migrants who are using the shop, I yeah. mean, are you seeing are you seeing new local people? Oh, is the wrong word, but but, but people who would never have been yeah. in your charity shop before, people who maybe born and raised in Dunmanway would never have used and have the need to use a charity shop before. They haven't had the need, but yeah. we do, of course, and we welcome them, and they're the people that are supporting our shop. And has been supporting our shop for the last 14 years. And um, as I say, we have our students that have just finished school and they're coming in to clothe themselves to get to their colleges because they just can't afford the diesel and the petrol. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Anymore. And we feel that they should get some support. No, we have, we support them the best way we can, but we wouldn't be able to do that only for our volunteers and our wonderful volunteers. But yes, it has changed big time. Are you hearing some very sad hardship oh, cases? We are indeed. And we, you know, the girls are great. They just listen. We listen to them. They don't want to be in our shop getting clothes, <laughs> a skirt for two euro or trousers for four, whatever. But they, they know and they're very, they're delighted with it. But they find themselves in that position. And we're, thank God, we can help them. But we wouldn't be able to help them only for, as I said, our wonderful community and our um, volunteers. Families with children, Rose? With children, yeah. babies, children, school going, um, children in um, primary school, MICC. We support 10 schools in our area right through the year for Christmas and our anniversary parties. And thank God they haven't forgotten us. They, keep, they try and support us the best way they can. Are charity shops needed more today than ever before? Well, we're a fundraising shop. I, we keep trying to emphasise that because um, we depend on our volunteers and the sale of our goods, advertising and promotion to sports clubs and organisations. And there's, oh, my God, a need for it, yes. We've files full with applications, as I speak to you, looking for funding. And you've never seen anything like it before? No. How long are you you open? Uh, We're going on our 15th year. Is it 15 years? Okay. 15 years, and we have seen a lot of changes. I've never been so busy and never, I never, yeah. I never, I think, you know, that um, report that I, I showed from, from Revolut, uh, who mm-hmm. were talking about, you know, charity shops all over the country, just seeing an increase in spending. But people coming in, I mean, there was there was a time where it was 
particularly for younger people, it's very trendy to go into charity shops and to, you know, to, to, yeah. to find, you know, nice clothes. That, and, and, yeah. and young people loved the idea of it and recycled clothes and all of that. But yeah. what, what, we're, what we're facing now are people who need a new pair of shoes, can't afford to go into a shoe shop to buy a new pair of shoes. They have no other choice but to go in and hope that the day they arrive into a charity <laughs> shop, there'll be a pair of shoes to fit them. There'll be a pair there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the reality. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and they're very they're very um, appreciative. Yeah, you know, and um, we get great buzz out of helping people. We still do, and I hope it will continue. Because, but we do find it challenging now with the different cultures and con- you know different countries, because we have again COVID hasn't gone away, and we're going home to our own families. Mm. Mm. And, yeah, and you're dealing with the ge- yeah, you're dealing with the general public. Is yeah. it, it are your staff finding it very challenging at the moment, particularly when they're hearing the, those hardship stories, Rose? That's hard to to bring that home with you. We have a chat among ourselves, and we try and help each other. And as I said to them before, I said, look, we get counselling from each other because we speak to each other. And if there is a, you know, a special need or whatever, we'll come together and we'll discuss it and hopefully we'll help out that person. But with the, with the budget today now, like, oh, I don't know, because the middle people are always in trouble, the eligibility for the drug card, hopefully that will bring in a couple of thousand people into that because that's the new poor, the people that have the the mortgages and the childcare and all the other expenses, not to mind the household expenses. The squeezed middle. As, the as, squeezed as, squeezed as middle. We're constantly, constantly hearing about. What about yeah. overheads at your shop? I mean, you'd have yeah, fuel and light. Yeah, rent and rates. Yeah. And our overheads. We were closed for five months and we still had to continue paying some of our rent and our rates. We got no waiver. Electricity costs? Yeah. Oh, my God. Go through the roof. Going through the roof, yeah. Uh-huh. And we only have a kettle. <laughs> and a few lights. How do you heat the place? We don't. <laughs> we do not. We have a that small radiator thing in the in the winter, but we we try not to. We just put on layers. What? Leave your coat on while you're working in oh, the shop. We always have our coat. <laughs> Go away. And our cup of tea. Yeah. And your yeah. electricity bills are still higher than what they were this time last year. Of course they are. Yeah. And what I mm. what I can't understand is, um, of all the volunteers in the country, the RNLI, the air ambulance, let them go to tidy town, whatever. There's a list, and why can't the government appreciate it and award and say thank you? Because if the volunteers stop in this country, what's going to happen? Listen, we we depend so much on volunteers. Yeah. Um, yeah. In every aspect of life, because I see... It, it, well, the country would grind to a halt. I, I, I really do halt. believe it would grind to a halt. I mean, if you add in... Uh, the, the dinners in Cork, yeah, that, um, that lady. Yeah, Katrina Toomey. But Katrina if, you, Toomey. if you add in family carers into that, who particularly the ones that don't get any carers allowance, if not they were all in the morning to decide we're not going to do it anymore, we'll let the state do, do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, We're grind to a halt. We're grind to a halt. And people continue to be very generous in donating items to the shop. Do they, Rose? Oh, my God. Very good clothing. Are they? Great. As I say, we're 14, 15 years now and they haven't forgotten us, the people that have just moved on. I've had people come ringing us and that have moved to the city and for years 
and they'll always bring down back their bag when they're visiting their mommy. Will they? They will. Isn't that brilliant? Isn't that brilliant? So yeah. so a shout out to anyone who could do what? with a good clear out of your wardrobe and yeah. God knows we could all do that. <laughs> Down to Taurus Jock, anything that's good and decent and that they can sell on, uh, pop it in because it can become a bargain. The, club, the clubs and organisations will benefit from it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, but, uh, but more importantly, Rose, somebody who is in need of a winter coat this year. We have plenty. Yeah, but there, there will be people out there who have extra winter coats in their wardrobes yeah. that they don't need. Get yeah. it into charity shops. Somebody will come in in need of that coat. And, yeah. and 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 we'll you know we'll be able to get it we'll be able to uh, to to get it, and the other one, uh, Rose. I know you were talking with John Paul yesterday. You adult parents helping out adult children. That's become another. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yes. But you then again look at the way the housing is. Look at the way the rent is. They have no choice. You're not going to close your door on your children. And the adults are doing their best and they're coming in and shopping for their sons that has moved home. Yeah, and I mean, I was speaking with Adele Conlon from Threshold in in the last yeah, hour and she was talking about the family from North Cork who are home. homeless and, yeah. it, and a couple with three children and it was suggested that they move in with one of the parents <gasps> into one bedroom. So there was obviously one of the parents has a spare bedroom, so you have five of them in one bedroom. Now they're in. By doing that, then they're no longer deemed homeless. Whereas now instead they're trying to do it out of a B and B, but and they and therefore they stay on the homeless list. But how could you ask? How could anybody yeah. ask a family to put up two adults and three children in one bedroom and in expect them bedroom. all to live in the one house? It's just and Would that's happening. That's, that's happening. That's happening. And the government are not listening to the people on the ground. Well, do you know, I think it's they very I, frustrating. I, yeah, I, I think they are, but they're, every day, they're but just, they just but they're just not doing they they will say that they're trying to do their best, but their best doesn't seem to be good enough because it's worse it's getting. When you hear the stories, I swear, you know, it's it's desperate. It's it's shocking. Only for the likes of Seamus, which is our anchor in our shop and the girls, I swear the need and the demand, not demand, that's the wrong word, the applications and you can see it in their face when they come to you that they need help. And people find it hard to reach out to say they need help, Rose, They as do. Well. As I said, they pot around pot the shop for a while and, and then you get to know that you say, are you all right? And then it happens. They tell you. Yeah. yeah. Refer to your for a bag of coal. And a twelve euro extra in a pension. What's that going to do for? As somebody said it won't even cover the increase in one That's bag of coal. I heard of a of a woman who was was in a young mother inside in a in a charity shop, and she was looking at um, it was a little it was a couple of years ago looking at a little winter coat or a little anorak a for yeah yes. a jacket, and uh, it was two euro, and she asked, that was our shop. That was yourselves, and yeah. could, could you put it away until yeah. Thursday? She didn't have the two euro. That always rings in my mind. It's just how sad. You didn't have us, no? Yeah, yeah, shocking. No. Listen, you're doing fantastic work at, at uh, Taurus Jock. You're open today, you are? We're open every day. Okay. We don't close at lunchtime at all. Full of bargains. We're open all day. Full of bargain buys. From half nine, five, we have bargains for everyone, men, women, children, babies. And just come in. You mightn't want, you might get the code, but you'll always be extra. Okay. Well done, well done. As I say, we 
the beneficiaries are the clubs and the organisations, the hospitals and anyone in need. You're doing brilliant work, uh, Rose, you and the rest of the gang. We'll chat again in the meantime. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us. The girls are great. <laughs> Good. Good Thank to. you very much. All right, Rose, God bless. Bye bye. That's uh, Rose from Taurus Jock, the charity shop in uh, Dunmanway. If you're in that area and can help them out in any way, please do. 0818 103 103. John Paul's taking your calls. You can text, you can WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. I'm going to move completely away from the budget uh, for a moment because I want to uh, chat about something completely different, and it is the increasing use of LED outdoor lighting. It's causing serious disruption to wildlife and the climate in Ireland and indeed beyond to discuss the effects of artificial light outdoors. I'm joined by Andrew Jackson, who is Associate Professor of Zoology at Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning to you, Andrew. Good morning, Patricia. And how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, how has animal behaviour ch- changed due to this in- artificial light? Is it, is it confusing night and day for some animals? I mean, basically, yes. Uh, so one of the first problems is just the sheer quantity and amount of artificial light that we now use. So, you know, since since light bulbs became mainstream and all the way through increased urbanization, we've added more and more light to the, the nighttime environment. And effectively, then it, it opens up uh, that nighttime world to otherwise daytime animals and leaves them, allows them to sort of access a world that they would normally be asleep and restful in, which then encroaches on the nocturnal nighttime animals. And we're talking about here all the all the street lights. Yeah, everything really. I mean, everything's a problem. Any any lights at all? How, lights on houses are up at night. Uh, lighting up of buildings in urban areas. Uh, street lights as well. It, it's all potentially problematic in the way that it, I mean, it's obviously very essential. We have these lights for for safety and and and, and so that we can we can be active into the nighttime as well. But clearly, it causes it causes problems and disruption to animals. And it's having an effect, I believe on insects and then I take it that will have a knock-on effect on those who feed on those insects. That's absolutely right. So there was a recent study done. Now the recent study focused particularly not on just the sheer quantity of light but the shift in the type of light that we're using. So as we've moved towards more uh, energy efficient LED lights they were particularly interested in how this change in the type of light, not just the quantity but the type and sort of wavelength of light. Um, they were interested in how that would affect insects and the key species then. Obviously, insects are a good indicator for what might happen to uh, other animals like bats or foxes or anything else that are also then feeding on, on that wider that wider ecosystem. And of course, the, the en- energy efficient, the LED, like we all raved about that, isn't this great? But some of them are really, really bright. They are, yeah. Um, so it's this, it's, I mean, they are a huge success story, right? We asked our, our engineers to design something more efficient than they did. Um, um, but what we're discovering now is that uh, this shift in the type of light, it's moving towards the whiter. So the older street lights would have been quite orange and yellow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the newer ones then are this bright white or even blue piercing light that you're, you're, you, you mentioned. And it's, it's, that, it's that change in the light um, wavelength or the, the sort of structure of the light that's, actually has more of an effect, more of a negative effect on not just insects, but mammals as well. So it kind of messes up with, uh, you know, our, our, our eyes are like a window into, into us and that those our access to light changes hormone levels inside of us and mammals and insects as well. And then these blue lights, these blue and white lights are disrupting that sort of internal day-night cycle more so even than the, the previous orange-yellow ones. 
Yeah, I know a friend of mine who the street lights outside her house were replaced by these LED and blue light was exactly what she described as. She ended up having to get blackout curtains for the bedrooms because she said yeah. the, the ordinary curtains just would not block out the light that was out coming in from the street. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's, there's two things, I think. One is just the sheer intensity that these LEDs are so efficient that we can sort of um, produce more high-intensity high light, but also then it's this shift into this spectrum of, of blue and white ends. And uh, certainly this study is, and other studies have shown as well that they, that they really can more so disrupt this internal hormonal cycling uh, that we have that gives us our day-night cycle. And then for animals, you know, that really can be quite disruptive. And I read a piece, I think it was yourself was quoted uh, in, in the papers, that uh, animals use stars to navigate their way home. So that's causing problems at night. They do, yeah. So, so you know, it, a, sheer light, a sheer sort of light pollution problem is that it blocks out stars and reduces the amount of starlight and moonlight available to animals. And, and a lot of animals, insects, birds will, will use the stars to navigate and our disruption of that causes them problems um, and then also other animals will be very familiar with moths in particular using light source as, as an, a sort of an attractant so they would they would fly towards the light source and our, our artificial light is disturbing that normally it would be the moon or the stars that they would be attracted to but and that would help them move around but now it's it's our own lights and often then they, they find themselves uh flying into spiders' webs that have set up home underneath these lights as well. So it's, oh. I mean, it's, a, compli- it's a complicated problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Somebody wants a question for you. Is it mainly wildlife in urban areas that you are, are, are talking about being affected by the LED uh, D lights or is it also happening in rural areas? I mean, it would happen everywhere. But of course, the urban areas are where we concentrate our light. You know, there's a great, far, far greater concentration of light sources in urban areas. Uh, urban areas are growing all the time, of course. That we're, we're spreading out ever further into, into rural and countryside areas. There's very few light-protected areas. I think there's two parks, at least in Ireland, uh, one, in, one in Kerry and one in Mayo, I believe, um, that are, are dark light protected areas where, where, where they try to minimise the amount of light. So for those, for those places, it's fantastic that we have those refuges that, that wildlife can stay there. But it's important that we recognise that, you know, we are, we are polluting the, the night sky and the night time with, with light. And if we moved to a less impactful orange light, would that be the solution? Yeah, I think, I think what's interesting is, you know, engineers are very good at solving problems. Uh, and we asked them to solve the energy problem. And they did that. They did that very well. But I think now if, with this new knowledge that we have, as we understand more about the biology of animals and the relationship light has with them, you know, it, it, it's definitely conceivable that they could be asked to design lights that are, are less into that spectrum of the, the negative end or less intense and just try to find that balance somewhere. Okay, interesting topic. Somebody is pointing out whether this, with the threats of blackouts, it might actually have a benefit to the wildlife this winter if those blackouts do uh, go ahead and nobody's wishing for blackouts. Um, Andrew, listen, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Super, thanks. For and uh, thanks uh, for joining us. That is Professor Andrew Jackson, Associate Professor of Zoology at Trinity College. And not everyone, while the, I thought that was really interesting to hear that it's affecting the wildlife, the effect of the uh, the LED. Not everybody likes those LED lights, particularly some of the street lights. As I say, a friend of mine, she literally, the whole front of her house just got illuminated when two of the street lamps out outside her property got changed. They did. They used to have those orangey light, but they got replaced with the LED, which is fantastic and the energy efficient and all of that. But she said they are literally so bright at night, and you know the way some households like to sleep in the dark. 
that's the household that she lives in and so she ended up having to get blackout curtains just to black, block out the, the LED light coming into their bedrooms. Michelle Imbandon listening to my chat with Professor Andrew Jackson talking about how the increase in the LED outdoor lighting and the problems that it is causing to wildlife. Michelle has noticed something. She says where she lives in Bandon, it's near the community hospital, there are 16 LED street lights. Late at night, Michelle says she's actually heard birds singing. Obviously, they're confused with the brightness of these lights. And she wonders, is there any need to have that many lights in such a small area and I think that's exactly what Professor Andrew Jackson uh, with the Professor of Zoology is saying and that's what they're saying to the scientists to go back and look that while some areas need to be lit, lit up do they need to be so bright and if they do need to be very bright then maybe in areas where there's a high density of these street lights maybe instead of the LED blue light maybe they would revert to the less impactful orange light, which wouldn't be so confusing ever. Do you hear birds singing at night, Michelle? The poor little things are just confused. 0818103103. We're going to take a break. We have news at 12 midday on the way. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some commentary into the programme before I get to that, an email that is in. Before I get to that, I was chatting uh, yesterday evening with Mary O'Brien from uh, Kilbehany. People in the Kilbehany and surrounding areas will be well aware of Mary and her husband, Matty. They're well known in the social dancing uh, circles. They've taught many, many people uh, to dance over the years. And of course, they're responsible for organising the social dancing at Kilbehany uh, Community Centre. But Mary, I was in contact with Mary yesterday because herself and Matty celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary in uh, August and they decided to have a little bit of an event uh, allowing the family to celebrate the fact 50 years married congratulations by the way to both Matty and uh, Amelia wonderful achievement to be 50 years married and 50 years happily married I'm glad to report so they held a little bit of a a celebration as she said for her family and her friends and her neighbours and the people that they go social dancing with and they had a great old bit of a hoolie down in the community centre in Kilbehany on the 19th of August but when she was inviting people to come along and help them celebrate she said look we don't want any presents she says she doesn't want any more pieces of Waterford crystal or any kind of ornaments or anything at all she said we have enough we don't you know they they want for nothing uh, other than they wanted people to come and help them celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary so what they did instead was they organised a dance and they had some food and uh, when people came in they just had a bucket left out for donations for the community air ambulance and people were allowed to put in as little or as much as they like no pressure on anyone but if you wanted to to donate uh, that's what they were asking people in lieu of presents for their wedding anniversary and she contacted me yesterday to say that uh, last weekend they handed over €2,190 to Donny Lucy who came along to Kilbehany on behalf of the Community Air Ambulance. Isn't that an incredible sum of money? And we all know the great work of the Community Air Ambulance. We also know that it's run as a charity so anything that can be done to put extra money into their coffers. But I thought it was such a kind, kind thing for Matty and Mary to do and to even think of doing as part of their wedding anniversary celebration. So she contacted me to say would I ever give a shout out and say thank you to everybody who does donated to it and she just wants to give the overall total was €2,190 now gone on to the Community Air Ambulance so a thank you from Matty and Mary O'Brien and indeed all the O'Brien family and once again congratulations to Matty and uh, Mary and here's
years to the next 10 years when you'll be able to do it all over again to celebrate the 60th wedding anniversary. 0818 103 103. Somebody has been on about fuel allowance and has been paid off this week and I know there was a WhatsApp in yesterday about it as well and I just get, didn't get to it. The winter fuel allowance is paid out from this week starting Monday the 26th of September which was a yesterday. It'll be paid for the next 28 weeks. At the moment the current rate 33 euro per week if you qualify for the allowance um, you will generally speaking you'll pick it up with your social welfare payment across this week and of course other people opt to go for the two lump sum payments in which the first lump sum payment will be paid this week and the second one then is paid in January but for those who are entitled to the fuel allowance you'll be picking it up with your social welfare payment this week and then I've had an email in to patricia at c103.ie and this is to do with swimming and using Mallow Swimming Pool and Douglas Swimming Pool. Please don't read out my name, which is uh, fine. And I'm hoping you'll be able to help me out on this. I was looking up the timetable for Mallow Swimming Pool so that I could take my children in for a bit of a swim. Going by the timetable a pub for a public swimming pool, public swimming is only available to the public three hours a day. The rest of the day is taken up by school swimming, fitness, swans and lessons. Now, I'm all for the school swimming lessons as my own children have used this service. But can they not have some part of the pool open to the public? It's not very public if the public can't use the swimming pool during the day. I then decided to look up Douglas Swimming Pool and this is also only open to the public one hour a day and three hours on a Saturday and unfortunately it's closed on a Sunday. Also, if you want to use Mallow Swimming Pool, you have to book the pool in advance. Now, I actually tried to ring in advance a few times but got no answer. So then I arrived with no appointment and said, oh, I've been trying to ring you and they told me, oh, sorry, we can't answer the phone because we're doing lessons. Oh, goodness. Anyway, so we have gone online and John Paul has downloaded a copy of Mallow Swimming Pool and their timetable. And this is for the month of September. And yeah, our listener is uh, right. It is bar three o'clock in the afternoon every day for the month of September. It has been open to the public. But then there is huge chunks during the day where schools have it booked out, there's fitness classes going on, there's various swimming clubs uh, using it. So there isn't very many hours available to the public. Now, there is more on a Saturday and Sunday. You can go swimming at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. Um, so there are there is a little bit more availability at the weekend. But... Now, listen, we'll get on to the because Mallow Swimming Pool is run by the council. Um, the other one then is the Leisure World in Douglas. Is that is that a council run uh, swimming pool? Or oh, it is, I think it's run um, Cork City Council. They're opening hours. Now, you don't need to book there, but they're opening hours for the public. They're only open for a 40 minute swim Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday from one o'clock until 20 to two. And then on Saturday, they have three hours open, 1 to 1.40, 2 to 2.40 and 3 to 3.40. And then, as our listener said, it's closed on a Sunday. We'll get on to the council uh, to see why there is so much block booking of the pool. Now, I'm assuming what they'll come back and say to us is, I mean, obviously the schools will block book during the term times when we get into midterm. 
swimming pool will be available on all of those hours that are normally taken up by the school and it'll be the same at Christmas, same as Easter and obviously throughout the summer. I'm assuming it's a cost thing. The swimming pool make money from the schools. I mean, the schools don't get to use the pools for free. They have to pay for it. So I'm taking it. It's a way for the swimming pool to generate income to keep the swimming pool open. I mean, when the schools have all of those hours uh, booked, you know, the 10 o'clock, the 11 o'clock, the 12 o'clock and the 1 o'clock, you know, four four hours, some days five hours across the morning. That's the pool booked and paid for. Whereas if they're waiting for people, they might only get one or two swimmers in on those particular hours. So it's not generating enough cash. I'm assuming that that's what the explanation will be. But we'll get on and ask them. And I can sense the frustration if you want to go swimming on a particular day and you can't. And then, But the added frustration of not being able to, they obviously, they, they don't. Uh, employ a receptionist they don't have a need for a receptionist but it's frustrating if you are trying to ring to book surely they should have some facility that maybe you could book it online or even if they put on an answering machine so that you could even name a number and somebody could call you back there's got to be ways around uh, that anyway we'll get on to the council and we'll see what answer we get back uh, for that listener and I'm assuming it affects other listeners as well 0818103103 and Martin in Formoy who had texted us earlier when we were talking about the budget and just really sort of saying things really tough for Martin and his family to the point that two weeks ago he had to sell his car because he couldn't afford to keep the car on the road and because of selling his car he's had to give up the, the job that he was doing and if he is it's a disgrace well he's back on again to say I can't understand why the government has let things get so bad myself and my family dread our electricity bill coming in to the house. I'm on social welfare now and either way we will not be able to manage. We have a young family and buying food is an absolute disgrace with the way the prices have gone. Things have literally gone too costly. We dare not use the heating uh, because we're fearful of how we will pay for it. This budget will once again be of no benefit to people like me. Then you have shops that are supplying items free for Ukrainian refugees. What about us, the Irish? What about looking after your own? I'm so sick of all of this. It nearly killed me to have to sell my car, but I had no other option. I couldn't afford to keep it on the road. Are the government aware of how very bad things are? Well, yeah, the government will say they are aware and that's why they're doing this giveaway budget, a budget that we we have never seen. And I don't know, will we ever see it again? I mean, there's talks of up to 11 billion euro uh, will be given out in various ways this afternoon. So the government will say they're doing the best that they can. But for people like Martin and his little family, it just doesn't seem to be enough. I mean, certainly that you're on. It's it's awful to think that you've had to go on social welfare because you've had to give up your car. I'm assuming you were in a low paid uh, job. There will be some little bit in the budget, but it's the little bit people are feeling. It's just the little bit just doesn't seem to be enough. I think what seems to be a big bugbear for a lot of people is the fact that the social welfare is going up by 12 euro a week and for you know, lots of people are citing the price of a bag of coal and that 12 euro is going to go absolutely nowhere. So you're, you're not on your own, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, I do say uh, and I know you're talking about the shops that are there for Ukrainian people. And I hate to see people blaming Ukrainians. Ukrainians are here uh, because of a war situation. But I'm always saying to people to reach out. There are charities in your in the area, in your I don't know where. Well, Martin's in Formoy. Um, 
but there are there are fantastic charities that are helping out. I mean, the likes of St Vincent de Paul, bless God, bless St Vincent de Paul. They've never seen anything like the increase in calls they've receiving. But like, reach out uh, to them. You know, you shouldn't um, to see whatever help that they will be able to give you, particularly with things like. With you, you mentioned food, the price of food. They'll be able to help you with electricity. They'll be able to help you with uh, heating. There are many wonderful charities that are only too willing to help. And I know there's a sense of pride with people. And, you know, countless times over the years, we would have people contact us and we would always say to them, "You have you have you reached out locally to local charities that are there to help? And people always are of the view, oh, no, they're for others. They're for other people more in need. If you are in need, please do uh, reach out because there are charities looking after our own um, as well as obviously looking after the Ukrainians and the refugees that are in this country. Uh, but my heart goes out to you, Martin. It's a, a tough, tough situation that you find yourself in. 0818-103-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text and you can WhatsApp to 86 to 103103 and actually somebody was on with the WhatsApp when I was speaking with Rose from Tyrus Jock, that wonderful charity shop in Domamwe and the fantastic work that they are uh, doing. This listener says, hi, I am from Domamwe and I go into uh, Tyrus Jock anytime I need items and I particularly would like to call out Seamus who works in the shop. He always has so many items, particularly for my children. It actually makes my children so happy to see an item that can be so expensive inside in a toy shop and yet they'll be able to get it at, at a very reasonable price inside in Tyrus Jock. Rose, Seamus and all of your staff, you do amazing work. Well done to you and your shop. Only for your shop we wouldn't be able to provide for our family. Thank you for that by WhatsApp to 0862. 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council delivering roads and housing, community and business supports all across the county. See corkcoco.ie. The Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, AGM, followed by a farmers information meeting, will be held in the West Lodge Hotel in Bantry tonight at 8 o'clock. Now, items up for discussion the new CAP schemes, new eco scheme, carbon credits, and there'll also be an update on the farmers' legal challenge. The meeting will be chaired by Dermot Kelleher, and all are very welcome to attend. Bingo's on in Shambhali Moor tonight, 8 o'clock, with a jackpot of €2,850. While Emer Barrow, Emma Barrow, sorry, soprano, accompanied by Mary McGorch on violin and Alan Carberry on piano, will perform in concert in St Mary's Church in Donnerail. Now, it's on Friday, the 14th of October, with an 8 o'clock start. Tickets are €20. They're available from Centra in Donnerail, with proceeds going towards the repairs to the steeple of St Mary's Church in Castletown Roach. Early booking, please, is advisable. And as part of National Inclusive Family Week, Bantry Blues GAA Ball for All are holding an open session with a difference. Zumba will be held tomorrow, Wednesday, the 28th at 5.45 on the Astro at Bantry Blues GAA. The session is open to any primary school kids in the Bantry area with additional needs, like refreshments afterwards and a chance to meet and to try and see some of the other activities. Contact 085 
9851353 if you'd like more information. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Some of your texts uh, in a listener not happy when Martin, who had to sell the car and uh, give up his uh, job. And Martin, in his comment, uh, was highlighting how Ukrainians can go in. There are shops for Ukrainians where they can get anything for free and was saying, what about the Irish? Somebody not happy with that uh, comment for picking on the Ukrainians. This is just says he'd want to go and get a job. He did have a job, but he had to give up the car and and, and uh, obviously he needed the car to get to work anyway. This sister says, my last electricity bill was €105 Euro for the last two months. Whoa, you, you're you very frugal with your electricity. Go you. Um, this sister says, they're throwing €59 Euro at me a month for the next six months. I'm unsure what that's about. And now the government is going to give me €600 Euro electricity credit, which, by the way, I don't want. Too many people complain over everything. I suppose the theory being be thankful for what you are getting. And there are a number of people, of course, that's the one thing about the €600 Euro electricity credit. It's a universal payment to be given to everyone. There are people who can afford to pay their electricity bills and don't want or need the €600, Euro, but they will automatically get the €600. Euro. But I suppose what the government would say is if you do get the €600 Euro and you are financially in a position that you really don't need that €200 Euro off your electricity bill for the next number of months until you get the 600 then donate it to charity because I'm sure there's a charity locally who would be only too delighted to take the 600 euro for from you if you're lucky enough to be in that position that you don't actually uh, need it and actually when I said mentioned to people to reach out and was Martin in particular to the local St Vincent de Paul group who are great to help people out a new market listener says Patricia I reached out to St Vincent de Paul I asked them for some help uh, in particular, I need to get some coal. I reached out to them three weeks ago and I've heard nothing yet. It was in the mass leaflet to ring them for help. And I did and I've heard nothing yet. What I would suggest you do is give them another call. I know they've been extremely busy. I know Vincent de Paul conferences all over the country. Their calls are up by, I think, 20 percent. Uh, year on year so they're just extremely busy so I would suggest giving them another call I don't think that you've been forgotten about if you're a genuine case and they and they can help you out they certainly uh, will so I just say get back on to them I would say that that's all that's happened there's just a delay with with getting to you but I don't think in any way that you have been forgotten about and what else is in on us Mary and Ballyhooley um, herself and her husband are both uh, pensioners in their 60s we still have a mortgage and we will have a mortgage for the next 12 years. Uh, Mary's 66 and her husband is 67. Isn't that incredible? Uh, we also have €1,390 that we have to pay in repayments that we haven't paid. All of this has to come out of our two state pensions. We got a letter the other day saying our mortgage will increase by 1.5%, which obviously is going to add to our repayments. Oh, sorry, the repayments are €1,390. Sorry, I thought it was back money. OK, so €1,390 a month is what the mortgage is. That's going up now by 1.5%. Will there be anything on offer for me and my husband? Anything extra that we will get out of today's budget will go directly into heating and paying for the electricity uh, and more. We are just barely surviving. Last year, we were so cold because we were sparing the heat. 
Yeah, and last year wasn't even the coldest of winters and many people struggled last year and they'll struggle, God knows, even more this year. But that's a tough situation with 12 years of a mortgage still to go and doing that out of a state pension. Okay, and then on my father, this is John in Shambhalimore. My father died in the 50s and was left with less than two pounds a week to raise three of us. We simply had to survive and we did at that time. Today, too many are getting too much. There's too much of an entitlement in society, says uh, John. Yeah, and I can, I, a similar situation, John, in my own family. My dad died when in the mid-60s and there was, my mum was left with five of us under seven on a very meagre widow's pension. We didn't, we never had a lot and uh, we survived. Yeah, uh, it was different times as well, I suppose. Uh, people, uh, people would say they were very, very different uh, times, but people have had struggles in the past uh, for sure. OK, just on different topic then, Joe and Tim League was on to say the council are raising the level of the road and resurfacing the road from Timaleek to Clonakilty. Does that sound like a good news story? It is, but Joe says there is there are very dangerous bends on this particular road. Could they just remove these bends while they're resurfacing the road? Surely the bends should be removed first. That then would facilitate trucks that have to use that road on a daily basis. And if they're going to the bother of resurfacing the road, why not take out the dangerous bends at the same time? Thank you for that, Joe. And somebody's asked me to mention a coffee day in aid of Marymount Hospice is happening tomorrow, Wednesday, from half ten in the morning until six. It's an all day event. It's a John and Ruth Buttermer's house and they live in Bailed, Bailed West in uh, Clannacilty. All are very welcome. So good luck to John and Ruth Buttermer on their coffee day. If you're around Bailed West in Clannacilty tomorrow, pop in because all proceeds going to the wonderful Marymount Hospice. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Time for our weekly chat with uh, Joe Heflin, who runs a counselling practice in Boherbui. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. And today we're going to discuss what is a very serious topic of uh, self-harm because unfortunately there has been reports of an increase in self-harm, particularly during lockdown and particularly amongst young people. Absolutely. And um, yeah, uh, now some people, some young people might self-harm once or a few times and other uh, can um, maybe uh, do it on a regular basis. So it's not, um, you know, it's not globally the same with people, but basically you're talking about harming oneself and um, uh, the, the, the one I suppose that I would have come across in my work mostly would be cutting. Um, that would be where a young person is cutting, um, usually um, a, a forearm, an arm, um, and uh, it's very hard uh, to understand uh, from the point of view that uh, one would be saying, why would you do that? Because the, pa- the pain of it alone. Absolutely. Excruciating to you. I mean, if you cut yourself, if you're chopping vegetables and you cut yourself with a knife, cut the top of your finger with a knife, it's, you know, it's really painful. So it's it's really hard for people who don't self-harm 
to try to understand why anyone would do it. Absolutely. And there are several different types of self-harming. For example, uh, I spoke with a young person one time who would have uh, scraped his knuckles uh, across a rough wall. Ah. Yeah, more than once. Ah. Um, yeah. And, and, and when, you, when you talk to young people who, you know, who admit that they are self-harming, do they, do they talk um, about why they, they do it and, and what they get from doing it? Well, the thing is that um, uh, hard to understand that um, uh, not alone is it um, uh, usually not um, a, a suicide attempt or indeed an attempt to end one's life. It's um, actually an attempt to make to make one's life livable. Um, uh, perhaps it's uh, I'm feeling nothing. Um, I'm very down, and uh, when I self harm, I feel something, uh, albeit uh, a painful uh, something. So um, you know. Um, the reasons can be uh, varied, um, but basically, one is talking about the 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 emotional pressure becomes too high for a person, and and that they see this as a safety valve, like a way of relieving that uh, that tension. Um, that it sort of, as it were, takes away the bad feelings. Mm. Now, the thing about it is. Um, that, of course, it's completely the wrong way to go about relieving pain. Um, uh, and if one is feeling, you know, numb and that this gives some sort of um, feeling, albeit a bad feeling, um, uh, the, the answer, of course, of course, is uh, to talk uh, to someone about it. Um, who would ask questions like, you know, like, what, what was going on in your life when you first began to self-harm? Is it, um, is, I mean, and, and we are talking about young people, so these are young people who will be living at home with, uh, with, with parents, obviously. Is it hidden? Very much hidden. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I, I remember talking about this subject one time and, you know, uh, talking about long-sleeve um, uh, tops, even in very warm weather, um, hiding um, uh, scarring. Um, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it sounds completely paradoxical, but it's a young person's, um, as I say, very, very, very inappropriate way of trying to deal with emotions which are um, overwhelming at at the time, um, it it can be also maybe if a person is feeling very guilty about something, um, that it's sort of a self punishing thing, um, uh, and and when the person feels that it's just simply too difficult to talk to anyone, um, uh, so um, the answer is of course. Um, to uh, to take the, to the courage um, to 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 talk to speak up and to say I'm I'm very very troubled 
about A or B or C. To reach out. And during the lockdown and this, it, the fact that we've seen an increase in it, was, was that down to isolation, do you think? I would think so. And the lack of communication with friends. I suppose that in our younger years, um, the, um, the cohort of friends are, uh, you know, uh, top of the list. Um, it could be um, as a result of bullying or some form of uh, hurt or discrimination. Um, it could be a way of dealing, um, again, I say inappropriately, with, um, uh, with a bereavement. Um, it, it could be just feeling very, very down and very isolated and... Um, uh, you know, feeling unloved. Um, yeah, and the the trigger the trigger obviously will be different uh, for for everyone. So, to anyone listening, uh, Joe, any you know, young, and it doesn't just have to be young people; older people can do it to to, to do it as well. But anyone who does self harm, what, what what do you say to them? Well, first of all, to um, uh, to be supportive and understanding and um, rather than um, uh, being uh, uh, in any way blaming or, or uh, the, you know, giving out about things. Um, the, 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 the direct thing that one could say uh, that I would be saying now would be there there are there are definitely less damaging alternatives um uh to uh to self harm in the sense of um uh, for example um instead of whatever device was used for cutting um to uh, to maybe use an ice cube uh, from the freezer or the fridge um against the skin um uh, or even putting the uh, the 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 arm under very cold water, um, just to uh, give the sensation. Of, yes, yeah, and yeah. Without without direct damage um, to the skin. Uh, yeah. I, I remember speaking with one young person who was using um, a rubber band um, around the wrist and would just pull it out uh, and and let it snap back. And that, of course, would give uh, a little sting, and um, and uh, uh, definitely it was a, a, a better alternative than cutting. Um, uh, so, uh, and and if there's anger and frustration, um, uh, Gestalt therapy would often recommend the likes of a punch bag, maybe hanging in the garage or in a room or whatever, and just, um, uh, you know, banging, beating the... Uh, the uh, punch the, bag, the releasing... Punch bag, releasing that going to harm anyone. Yeah, and that's almost like releasing tension that's in... Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very difficult one, and it needs a lot of love and understanding. Um, uh, but it's essential to understand that this is... Um, this is not an effort to die. This is an effort to live. Um, uh, it's 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 um, uh, it's um, it's not uh, it's not a, a suicide attempt. Um, Would you almost uh, see it as a cry for help? 
absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, Even though yeah. we've spoken about it being hidden and and. But it is really, it's a cry for help. And I imagine it possibly comes almost as a relief when a parent or a guardian or a teacher discovers what's going on. Absolutely. And, and where the, um, the, the underlying cause um, um, and tensions and anxieties um, uh, can, uh, can be talked out. Um, you know, that um, it could be an issue with, with low self-esteem, uh, not, um, not feeling good about oneself. Um, uh, you know, we hear an awful lot um, in the modern world about uh, body image. Um, it, it can be there. It can be um, to do with eating disorders or um, uh, misusing drugs. Um, uh, but uh, what what um, what what helping involves is knowing as much as possible about the person's life and 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 lifestyle. Um, so uh, you 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 had um, you know some very unhelpful um, uh, social media things and that. Um, uh, that uh, that sort of you might say almost encouraged um, self harm, and these, of course, like a lot of um, like a lot of um, false uh, stuff that um, one hears about on social media can be um, can have a very negative effect. Um, on, uh, on 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 a person's life, uh, so that if there was um, a person um, uh, listening who um, uh, has in the past or currently um, uh, self harmed, um, the thing would be to think about why am I doing this? Like, what is the um, uh, what's the driving force behind this? And then, is there another way? Is there a better way? And of course there is. Because um, even though there's a young person might be quite sceptical about the older generation, there are people who are only too willing, and fortunately, who are able uh, to, help. to help. And I know, I know next week we're going to continue on on this uh, topic, but in particular, we're going to aim our chat at the parents and the guardians and the teachers and, yeah. the, and the people who who might be uh, living with somebody or, or identify somebody who uh, self harms, but it's it's to try to get across to the young person that there is help available. I mean, even if you don't initially want to go and tell your mom or your dad or your teacher or, or whoever, you can reach out to the various helplines that are available. Absolutely, I mean the ones we all know of all the Samaritans. Um, you know, 1860, 1990, AWARE, 1890, 303, 302. Childline, 1800, 666, 666. Um, we, we mentioned there about, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, eating disorder body-wise, 1890-200-244. The Suicide Prevention Helpline, which may or may not be relevant in this case, 
And I'm quite sure, Patricia, as always, um, you'll have a few numbers that I haven't mentioned. The likes of, uh, I don't have it top of my head, um, Jigsaw, etc. Yeah, there's there's so much help available, but it's just, it's that matter of, of reaching out and, and picking up the phone and making that first uh, call. It can always be the difficult one to do, because I think anyone even listening to you uh, today, anyone who is self-harming, they don't want to be doing it. They want it to stop. But it's to get the tools to help them to stop. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it can be hard to stop. I remember talking to a person some years ago and uh, saying, it was a, a young lady at the time, um, so do you intend to, uh, to, to, to stop? And she said, no. And I said, yeah. well, please do keep coming. And she did. And eventually, down the line, um, she did uh, stop, um, uh, which, we, we, you know. Which is proof as well that recovery is possible. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, there are, uh, as we were saying there, like there are other ways, um, less harmful ways, um, avoiding um, infection and all of that with the um, the punching bag, um, the the ice cube, um, you know, even a red felt uh, marker or a lipstick. Um, the rubber band um, worked very well for that person in particular. Um, so there's, um, you know, uh, in, a, in a slow kind of um, lessening of the, um, uh, the, the harmful uh, things, uh, there can be um, a sort of stepping stone, a sort of steps uh, to take where the uh, self-harm is less yeah. uh, harmful okay. and, and less risky. And John Paul, is it, uh, just have to tell me, well, I was off last week, actually. He had uh, Jigsaw on uh, the programme and he was chatting with some of their support uh, staff and they say that the majority of young people like to email them. Jigsaw.ie is their email address. Particularly young people who are living at home with their parents, they find it much more private than having a phone conversation in case somebody walks in uh, on them. So it's uh, Jigsaw jigsaw.ie if people want to reach out that way okay we're going to leave it there uh, Joe listen have a great week and we'll chat to you again uh, next uh, Tuesday but enjoy your week thank you Patricia thanks for that bye bye that is Joe Heffernan Joe runs a counselling practice in Boherbui his number is 086-834-8145 that's 086-834-8145 Five. And that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we'll be back with you tomorrow morning when we will get to analyse the budget in more detail. That's all coming up tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And to the Lampetish Messenger, very good afternoon. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.